Hey everyone, welcome back. It is Jay Scott and it is the Hook Rocks, the ultimate rock community podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. We do appreciate it. We are part of the Pantheon Podcast Network, a great network of music-related podcasts. There's so many great hosts and shows on Pantheon related to music, all different types from heavy metal to folk music and everything in between. Uh, it really is something. So check out all those shows, including the Hook Rocks. And of course, the official Metallica podcast too is on Pantheon. And you can catch them on social media, Pantheon Pods at Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, as well as threads. And you can do the same with the Hook Rocks on all four of those platforms. Just search up the Hook Rocks and also set your app to automatic download so you get the latest episode right to your phone. Uh, we've had some tremendous episodes to start the year. We had our top 25 albums that uh, we ranked in for 2023, mine being Grace Potter's Mother Road, which I just absolutely love the album, and I love the story she tells in the album, too, as well. But check out all the other picks that uh, we had for the year. Again, we I say this a lot. You know, we're not a music publication and, you know, the elitist of music. We, we like what we like, and we like good stuff, and we like stuff that still has melody and it still has a meaning behind it and stories behind it. So check that out. Check out that episode. And we had some great interviews, too, as well. We talked with Joe Satriani about his upcoming tour with Sammy Hagar, paying tribute to Eddie Van Halen. We also had Todd Dan McKerns, the basis for Slash, and Miles Kennedy and the Conspirators, and many others. We had some a great discussion uh, as well about Atmos, Dolby Atmos Digital. We had our audio tech expert that we have on once a quarter talking about new sounds and new um, like surround sound and Atmos, like I said. And we uh, welcomed the progressive rock band District 97 to talk about how they mix the album in surround sound and the in the uh, digital audio to Dolby audio as well. So that's an interesting conversation for all you audio geeks out there too as well. We do that once a quarter. We've got a tremendous show for you today. I've been listening to this gentleman's new album here for the past few days and I just absolutely love it. I love when you feel music and I love when it, the music creates an atmosphere um and it just it's good for the soul, this type of music. And I like to welcome in Tyler Ramsey, the former guitar player for Band of Horses. <laughs> and uh, he's got a new solo album out. We're going to talk about that. Had a little bit of a brain cramp there, but. Uh, oh, that's all right. How you doing? <laughs> How you doing? I'm doing great, man. Thank you so much for, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, I've listened to the new album and. I love the approach to guitar that you have and you know, the way you quote unquote attack the guitar, the phrasing and, and how you, how you play. Where did all that come from for, for you? Where did that start? I am. So I, I'm pretty self-taught on the guitar. Um, I, you know, I've listened to a lot of music and tried to imitate some things, but I never was the person to sit down and like learn note for note somebody's song or the way someone played something or their solo or anything. And I'm, so I, I, you know, started out list really like falling in love with like instrumental guitar music. I really liked, um, uh, Leo Kaki and Michael Hedges and people like that there that can make the guitar sound like a full, uh, uh, you know, orchestra almost like or a band that people that were composing for the guitar, um as a as a solo instrument i that's kind of what hooked me into the into the instrument and then um 
kind of fell also fell in love with country blues and fingerstyle guitar in that in that world like um people like mississippi john hurt and uh you know that that kind of folk blues stuff i really uh have a really big part in my heart for that that kind of stuff so i i kind of have this big mashup of of those things going on in what i do now um i do a lot of open tunings i do I kind of find my way around the instrument uh, in my own way, I, I hope. And I, I, I kind of think the best part about my playing maybe is that I, through just kind of fumbling through over the years, I've kind of found a little bit of my own voice on the instrument rather than like, you know, um, directly taking from other people's styles or whatever. It's kind of like a it's just a, a blur of all the things that I've been passionate about over the years that, that turned into kind of what I do now. And that's one of the things that I noticed is the uniqueness of the sound. And I, I'm, tr- I was trying to figure out like who you sound like, and I couldn't come up with anything. And that's, and that's a huge compliment for a guitar player. It's like, you know, because you can always, you can hear different styles or different influences and in certain guitar player style and I was just, you know, there was, like you said, there was country blues, there was, you know, some interesting stuff, but it was very atmospheric and the way the phrasing and the way the attack of the guitar was, it like, it makes you really kind of set an, a set a vibe and an atmosphere. I mean, that's one of the things I noticed about your music is it's a feeling as, you know, as well. It's not just a song. It, you actually kind of engross yourself in emotion when you're, when you hear your music. Yeah, I I think the reason that I think that comes across to people that listen to what I do, because that's how I feel when I'm doing it. Like I I've always had this connection with, with the guitar and music in general, where for me, it's like almost like a meditation sometimes playing it or practicing or just working on, on things. I can really like kind of lose myself in it. And I feel like that, um, that's kind of the core of some of the, some of the music I do. And I I feel like people can hear that or people can experience that when they're just listening to me doing that. you know, it's like, it comes across to people I've heard from people uh, that they, they, um, that's one of the things they get out of what I do on the, on the instrument. So, yeah. When you're, when you're developing your sound, you know, going back, you know, when you first started, because it's, a unique tone and a unique sound going through your mind. How do you know that it's acceptable to you? Because you've never kind of heard that style, what you do. And it's so, how do you make it work is what I'm trying to say to make it sound unique, like it does, but also pleasurable to the, to the listener. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know that what I do necessarily is something like brand new. You know, it's not like a, yeah. I didn't reinvent anything. I just kind of came up with my own voice to kind of translate all the ideas that I'd uh kind of absorbed over the years. So I feel like what I do is a uh, it's not going to shock anybody to <laughs> to hear it or or take them out of the song necessarily. I it always like is in service of the songs that I write, uh, the guitar parts are, are always, uh, integral to what I do when I'm writing a song. They, they kind of, the lyrics and the, 
vocal melody go hand in hand with the, with what I'm doing, you know, with the finger style stuff on the guitar. Um, so yeah, I don't think it's like shocking or, and no one's going to be like, well, whoa, that's something brand new, but it's, uh, it's just kind of like my own way of, of, uh, <laughs> yeah, my own way of kind of fumbling through and finding my voice on that instrument. I think, uh, I only recently, recently kind of started realizing that about what I do or just owning it a little bit, just being like, well, yeah, I kind of feel like I've developed something that sounds like me, like a lot of, you know, like you, some people might get confused who it is, but I know a lot of people that hear my guitar playing and they're like, Oh, that's, that's you. That sounds like you. So yeah, it's a, it's just been an ongoing process, you know, and I feel like it's always going to shift a little bit and I'll, you know, maybe someday I'll sit down and like, learn a bunch of scales and you know try and learn somebody's solo or something but uh for now it's it's a uh, it's been really satisfying just to kind of do what what kind of naturally comes to me was that part of your evolution you just touched on something there you just made a statement like you know maybe someday I'll learn someone's solo when you were developing your style did you stay away from playing other people's music which helped you know create your your uniqueness. I don't think I intentionally. It was probably out of laziness, really. <laughs> you know that I didn't sit down and like transcribe solos. I mean, I th- I think the people that do that kind of work and put that time into their instrument, um, it can go a couple of ways. You know, like you could either master the instrument so much that you just never find your own voice. You know. You could like learn how to play every, you know, Eddie Van Halen solo or whatever and like note for note and sound exactly like him or like just be able to just shred and play everything. Um, it, it kind of like, I think sometimes too much knowledge can, can maybe have not the best outcome for, for your style or, or whatever. Uh, but there are people that, you know, that blow me away that can, play anything, you know, they can just play anything on the guitar. You know, like I think about Blake Mills as somebody that I've, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he's phenomenal uh, guitar player. And he, he spent a little time with us in Band of Horses. Um, but man, he, uh, you know, getting to know him a little bit and, and hearing his style is, uh, and seeing that he can pull anything off, you know, is like, is, is pretty mind blowing. So I think, I think what I've done is like <laughs> the lazy version of <laughs> kind of like uh, appreciating music and trying to learn songs, but not ever, not ever going as far as like, I'm going to learn this note for note. I'm going to sit down and learn like this, you know, uh, this Reverend Gary Davis tune exactly the way he played it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to listen to it a lot. I'm going to, I'm going to play it, but I'm going to play it almost like in a way that like, uh, like folk music, the way the folk music gets passed down over the years, or even, you know, country blues or blues and things like that. It's like a lot of the times the, the songs would pass from person to person, but it would never, you know, everyone had their own little version of what, what they had heard somebody do. So it's like someone came through town and was playing this really amazing, uh, folk tune then then somebody would be sitting across from them 
hearing it and they'd go home and try and learn it and it would turn into something else and, and, and it has an evolution that way. So I feel like what I'm doing is just kind of like the, maybe just like the folky version of learning how to play the guitar. I don't know. How does the vision begin with you with a song? Does it begin with a melody on the guitar? Does it begin with an idea of a lyric or a story you want to tell? What, you know, is it all everything on the, on the, on the table? How does it begin mostly though for you? Um, my, my typical answer for that is that, that I don't have a method. I don't have a technique and there's no go to like way for me to, kick things off. A lot of times I have to wait for uh, some sort of inspiration, which, you know, I think, uh, I I think if I like develop something, it might be more beneficial to me to have, you know, more output and more music coming out. Uh, If I had like more of a, of a go-to technique or if I like set office hours and I came down and like, wrote every day, you know, but I, I tend to be more on the side of like waiting for, for something just to happen, you know, which sometimes it makes you a little nervous. Cause you're like, is something going to happen again? Cause I, you know, you're wait around for, wait around for a song to pop in your head. Sometimes it might not happen, but um, I would say that a lot of times if there's been a, a, a repetition in, in how songs have come about, to me, it's like sitting around and playing the guitar or playing the piano. I write a lot on the piano as well. Um, and, you know, maybe some little riff or chord progression like sticks and feels really good. And I might just sing a melody over the top of it. And then like, then there's words that pop into that melody space. And then I, and then I sit down and kind of, shape whatever uh that first idea was that little spark of of maybe a lyric idea that pops in um and i can kind of like work that over time and and mold it into what ends up being a whole song you know but it's there yeah it's just kind of like hit or miss that there's no there's no go-to technique for me you mentioned not knowing when something's going to hit you, not knowing when something's going to, you know, enter your your brain and, you know, start that process. With an artist, you know, there's a lot of confidence in an artist and there's also an insecurity as well. You know, like it's kind of like that fine line that a lot of artists kind of hover over. When you have those moments when nothing's coming, do you ever begin to push yourself or do you just know just to wait just to wait until it does because you can you know if it, if it goes a long drought of creativity I, I can imagine just being you know who you are and what you do there might be a little level of uneasiness with that yeah i mean it's definitely uh it's unsettling if you're a creative person to feel like you're not being creative um for me uh I mean, I've had, I've had things that I've tried that worked, you know, like there's a song in the new record that is called dark, dark, dark. And it, um, and I had been reading, um, Jeff Tweedy's, uh, book, how to write one song. Um, 
I'm looking around to see if I can find it. Uh, but I think in that book, it's funny. I'll, I'll read things like that or like writing books occasionally, but I'll get like into the first chapter and then I'm just like stopping to try and do what they're talking about. So I haven't even finished that book, but I, I, I was reading it a little bit and there was something maybe in there about like a 10, like writing a song in 20 minutes or something like that, giving yourself a certain amount of time. And by the end of that time, you have to be finished, you know, like, so you have this window of time and you got to dive in and like make something happen. I think that's in his book. I might be, might be confusing it with somebody else's, but, um, so I sat down, uh, with the idea that I was going to write a song in 10 minutes. Um, and I sat at the piano and, uh, wrote that song in 10 minutes. Like by the time I was done, I'd written the chord progression and all the words and the vocal melody and everything. And, uh, I've never done that before, but that was like an example of me using uh, somebody's technique or somebody's just a creative nudge, you know, like a, an inspiration to kind of try something that maybe is uh, going to bring something out of you, you know, cause if you're not, I mean, I'm definitely aware of the fact that if you're not like sitting and trying to capture ideas, they can just drift past you and be gone, you know? So it, it does take sitting down at a desk or sitting down with your guitar some paper and trying to write, uh, you know, you got to put in the, in, in the time and you got to be available for these ideas to, to be able to document them. So yeah, that, that was the one time, at least on this album that, that kind of like that I took a different approach and it, and it really, it paid off in a really cool way. It was exciting to be like, yeah, I'm running out of time. I got to finish this. <laughs> and it turned out to be one of my favorite, uh, it's just got a really cool mood that song. And there's a interest, you know, I ended up writing a kind of cool guitar solo that I keep talking about, like Phil Eck is the producer of the record. Um, and he, uh, when I recorded that solo, he was like, that's definitely the weirdest guitar solo I've ever recorded. And I was so proud of that. I was like, that's awesome. man. <laughs> I will put, I'll wear that as a badge of honor. <laughs> With that song, you're obviously happy with the end result because it's on your album. But that whole process sounds confining. Did that confinement give you a sense of purpose or did it give you a sense of stress? You know, because because it's so different than your normal process. Yeah, I think what it did was um, allow me to not really care what the outcome was, which I normally totally do. If I'm, if, if I start to be invested in a song, then, then I really like, uh, can labor over it and, you know, and do a lot of edits. And, and, um, I think the song started out as just like, I'm just going to try this as a fun exercise. So it wasn't like I'm writing a song it's going to be on the album. You know, it was like, I'm going to do this exercise and see what I come up with. And, you know, and, and it worked and it was really, really cool. And, it, and there wasn't any time where it was like, there was any pressure involved in it. It was just kind of like a fun exercise to do. And after I wrote it and kind of like did a demo of it, I realized, Oh, this is, this is actually good. You know, maybe I should 
try other techniques like this more and see what see what I can come up with. But I don't feel like it. Uh, like if you hear it without me telling the story, no one's going to think like, oh, that sounds like a a lazy, <laughs> you know, sounds like he just threw that together, you know, and actually it came out like pretty fully realized, which which was kind of blew me away. That's that's such a unique way to do it, because the way you explained it is, yes, there's that confinement of of a goal to write a song in a certain period of time. But at the same time, you also had a sense of freedom because it was just like, oh, let's just see what happens. Let's just try this. And and that's that's a pretty cool thing, because it's so out of the norm of what you normally do that, you know, when you get the song done, it had to be a surprise, you know, like, Hey, well, this, this actually happened. And then now, so I had to be exhilarating too, as well. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot of times in that creative process or like in the process of writing something, it's hard to get out of your own way and like hard to like shut off all the, um, I've got a lot of critics in my head, you know, that I carry around with me. Like that's, uh, just kind of like, you know, I'll write something and just doubt that it's good or doubt, you know, think that someone's going to think it's dumb or whatever. You know, I don't spend a lot of time thinking about other people when I write, but when I do, I mean, uh, so it was cool. Yeah. It's just kind of like removed a lot of those blocks, uh, that can get in the way of just free flowing creativity. With this new album, <clears throat> in terms of, the collection of songs when did this process start for you is this was this stuff taken from other periods before you know and maybe another album that maybe a song wasn't finished or all these songs are they completely new part part of them there's little pieces that i've had for a while just like there'll be like a line or a melody um that i carried around for a while <laughs> but um other than that, they're all, yeah, pa after my last record and after I, you know, had to stop touring on that, um, all these songs came after that. Other than like a select couple of lines and, um, and, and melody ideas that I had documented in my voice memos or whatever that I've, you know, kind of been dragging around for a while. So yeah, they're all, they're all new and they all kind of, came relatively quickly probably over the period of a year and um mostly all were written at the same location which is this cabin that is around the corner from my house that that my friends were allowing me to use uh, uh to to do some writing and that, that was a that's a big part of the story of this record too is the these super generous awesome neighbors of mine provided this space for me to, to kind of, um, yeah, be able to write and get away a little bit from my family, uh, which is something I, that I found works for me. If I, if I can remove myself from my day-to-day -day life, I can really kind of dig deeper into what I'm feeling and like, you know, find the time to write. If I, if I'm home, it's hard to like step out of my role as, you know, uh, a dad and, uh, 
you know, we've, we've got some land and there's always, there's always work to be done. And, um, so yeah, they, these people provided the space, um, that was close enough to home that I didn't feel like I was like leaving my family to go far away. And, and they let me come stay there and just, and, uh, write, which was a beautiful <laughs> experience. I would go over there for like two or three days at a time. I probably went over there maybe, I don't know, seven or eight times, something like that. And, um, you know, would, would just pack a guitar and a keyboard and some food and, and go up there and just hang out for a few days. And by, usually by this, by the second day, I was in the middle of something new, some new song. And, you know, it, it just felt like the, the perfect space for me to, to kind of create and get these feelings out that I was, that I was feeling. Your new album, New Lost Ages, is out next Friday, February 9th. As you, what, how do you know when, when your path of creativity for new material is there? Like, you know, is it, I, I, I love the answer that artists give me. You know, is it something that, okay, I need to start writing an album or you have a vision for what you want to do, a cohesiveness of songs or a collection of songs? How do you know when you're ready to start creating? Um, for me, it's usually that first song. Like I'll, I'll have a, you know, you write a, you write a record's worth of material, you record it, you tour it. It's a cycle kind of thing. Um, I feel like there's, there's always like a first song that, that shows itself at some point that allows me to know that, okay, you know, here comes, you know, a wave of, of, of this kind of, um, this part of the cycle of like, here's, here's me like writing again. And now I'm starting over and, and I'm going to write all these songs and shape them into something. And when I feel like they're all, uh, in a place where I'm ready to go into a studio, then I'll, you know, I'll, run them by some people and, and, and then, you know, get into the process of documenting them. And then, and then the process of, you know, getting all the album things together and artwork and mastering and all that stuff and then go out on tour. But, but the beginning of that cycle is, yeah, here's, here's a new song that kind of like appeared out of nowhere. And I, and one that I'm happy with, and that's usually the sign that, yeah, that the, that the cycle is starting over again for me, for whatever reason, that's the way my brain works and this stuff. You mentioned the cycle of, you know, album tour, writing album tour. When you're, when you're on tour, you know, it's, it, you have to stay in the present, obviously, because you're playing the music that you just wrote and people are listening to. But while you're out on the road, do you have ideas that you're recording, documenting? So when you come off that cycle, you have ideas that inspired you that you're excited about, or is it completely bare? Mm -hmm. when you come off the road. I mean, it can be a, a barren wasteland <laughs> tour, you know, it can be that. Uh, I, I find that even if I'm not documenting ideas, 
there's, you know, you're building up experiences and emotions and things that are just sitting down in you and you carry those home with you. And whether you have like written down, you know, notes on a napkin or like a hotel, you know, a little pad of paper or whatever, it's like, I do that too. I write, I write ideas down or I document them, you know, on my voice memos or whatever, but you're just always kind of absorbing uh, potential fuel for, for the next. Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report. And you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Idea that you're going to try and, you know, try and write or whatever. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a process. But I've, I've gotten lines that turned into full songs that were, you know, me on a day off in a hotel room, you know, uh, picking up my acoustic guitar and, and writing down a couple of things, you know, it's usually hard to find like tons of energy when you're, when you're constantly moving and playing shows. And, but occasionally it, it, you know, you find that day where you get feel rested and you're, little creative spark might be happening. You could get some ideas to take home with you. Cause you talked about the cabin that you stayed at to write, you know, a lot of your music for the new album, you know, and that's, that's basically that mode you're in, right? You're in that mode of 
you know, the creative process. You're in this cabin with minimal distractions and, you know, trying to create. And on the road, it's just full of distractions. Like you said, you're constantly moving. You're constantly experiencing things. There's inspiration off of experiences. And it's basically, it's two different avenues of, of, of surroundings, basically. And, and I know you're in a cycle at that moment when you're on the road, but is there, do you prefer those moments in like a cabin style, uh, isolated experience of creation? Or do you like where the inspiration comes from the experiences of constantly moving? I mean, do you prefer one or the other or are they both equal parts? Um, I mean, I'm a pretty solitary person. <laughs> it's, uh, it's not, it's not the most natural thing for me to, to be constantly around people and touring and, and playing shows. It's, it's not my core uh, nature to be doing that. I love, yeah, I love having time to myself. You know, I, when I'm home, it's like, I have, you know, I'm, I have a wife and two kids and lots of responsibilities here. When I, when I have a chance to like, you know, go kind of like catch my breath as just an individual person. Um, I feel like that's really, uh, pretty deep for me to be able to like reconnect and, and maybe like let out some emotions that I've kind of, possibly been like holding in to keep everything rolling, keep things together. But also that being said, like there's nothing, there's nothing like the feeling of a room full of people that are like listening to the work that you did and like really uh, seeing that be absorbed by people. Like it's, it's, um, it's not even necessarily the reason that I do this, but it's like, a, it's such a beautiful exchange, like having a crowd of people and um, playing music for people. It's, it's a beautiful thing. So that's why, that's why I go tour. I mean, I, I you know, I, I enjoy it so much that the, the rest of it, the rest of the touring part is hard and it's uh, not healthy, you know, like, driving all day and you know getting to a venue and hustling to get everything set up and you know trying to find food somewhere you know so it can be like really uh, a weird and unhealthy and difficult life but that time that you're like allowed to be on stage and playing for people that came to see you play man it's like it's it's a magical situation that I get to be in, you know, when I do it. So, yeah. So I would say both. I, I, I think I get fed on, on, on both ends of that spectrum. Um, yeah. Getting to meet people and talking to people after shows and hearing what, what maybe what I'm doing maybe means to them and, uh, is is a beautiful thing. So I, I love I love all of the aspects of it, other than maybe the driving part. <laughs> you talked about the song "Dark, Dark, Dark" and the process uh, that that song was created. What other songs from this new album excite you? 
Oh, well, I have to say all of them. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of set myself up with that question. I kind of knew that was coming, but yeah, I mean, I yeah. do, I do have to say all of them. I, I really feel like, uh, there's not something that I put on the record that was like a filler or anything. So I, I really like each one, like the way, you, the way we as musicians put music out now, or the business puts music out now, like one, you know, one tease at a time, one song at a time. And then the album comes out. Uh, for me, it's just like almost agonizing to wait for people to hear those, the other songs. I mean, they now there's three songs that are already kind of, available to hear and every time that happens i just wake up the morning you know whatever friday morning i guess that's when songs generally come out and i'm just so excited to hear from people you know it's like people sending me messages like that they're loving the new song so i i I feel like they're all uh i'm excited about all of them i'll try and answer your question better and and think of like one in particular. Um, I don't know. I, it's, it's weird. Cause I, I think about all the ones that people haven't heard yet. And I, and I just can't pick one of those that I'm more excited about, you know, um, I did, I, I got super uh, happy when these ghosts came out and that one's, that one's out in the world. And, and, uh, I've had just tons of feedback on that and people, you know, it's actually getting played on the radio and, um, you know, um, and that just makes me happy to think that there's people that I haven't gotten to play for in years and they're hearing my song and hopefully they're going to get fired up and come out and see a show when I come through their town. What was the journey like for that song? These ghosts, I mean, what was the inspiration for that? That was kind of coming out of just some dark times uh, and trying to move forward. Uh, it's it's really just a pretty simple concept of like uh, trying to shed uh, shed things that you maybe have been dragging around for a while. Uh, trying to let go of uh, yeah, trying to let go of things in the past that were hard or things that just didn't seem to be working out. You know, it's, it's that, that was kind of the general idea. And for me, it was, you know, definitely like my own story in there, but I, I'd rather leave it for people to, to put their plug, their own story into. But um, it, yeah, that one, I, I took, for, it took a little while for me to finish that. I, I, I had a lot of the ideas and, um, a lot of times during this writing process too, I was hiking a lot in the woods. So I, that was one of the ones that I think part of it probably was written, uh, you know, on a trail somewhere, just, just like, I found that if I get stuck in a writing process, I can like walk and somehow that just loose, that just like loosens up ideas. And, and a lot of times ideas will pop into my head, melodies or whatever. You know, you're like sweating, walking up a hill and, and all of a sudden you have a guitar riff in your head and, you know, I'd like document it on my phone and take it home and apply it to the song. So, um, 
Yeah, there's a there's a lot in that song that was around that, like kind of like changing the way my life was changing, and then you know just um, there's also the guitar part on that. I I think is really pretty fun. Like the riff at the intro is is I'm I'm like really into um, this uh, Indian classical mandolin player that is no longer alive but his name was U period Srinivas I'm not even sure what his actual is but he he played like the he played the mandolin but played this crazy like uh classical Indian music on it and uh I was like obsessed with that kind of uh that kind of music for a long time and and messed around with my own watered down version of 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 trying to play that style. So that, that riff kind of came out of uh, listening to him a lot. And uh, yeah. Um, So yeah, a lot of, a lot of elements came together to make that song. And then when I got into the studio with Phil out in Seattle, um, uh, I knew right away it was going to be like really good just from the first day when we, when we did the rhythm tracks and like, uh, you know, the guys I was working with on bass and drums, uh, Morgan Henderson and Sean Lane were just like crushing it. And it just felt really, it felt like exactly what it needed to be. So yeah, there's, there's a lot, there's a lot around that song that I, that I'm excited about. And I'm really happy that, it, that people are getting to hear it. The self-reflection and the self-awareness that goes into writing, right? You're writing about your experiences. You're writing about, you know, things that you need to get out as a creative person, as a, just a human being, is that difficult for you to kind of go into those areas that go on experience or are about an experience, whether they're, you know, obviously there's a lot of positive ones, but you know, when you write about something that is, was a difficult period in your life or a difficult moment, is that hard for you to kind of tap into that? I think if I'm writing about it, I'm already tapped into it. You know, I, I'm already like, uh, it's something I have been carrying with me. So, so actually like expressing it is more therapeutic than anything. Uh, and to be able to express it in a way that maybe isn't just totally specific to me, like to express an experience that was hard in a way that maybe speaks to other people sometimes is, is also therapeutic. And then, you know, the pro the process of having documented it and being able to go out and play it for people live and, and kind of like get into that feeling with people that, that come out is a, is a big part of it as well. Like, uh, you know, um, it feels kind of, yeah, it can be kind of healing to, to do that. You know, it's almost like telling a bunch of people <laughs> about what you've been through, uh, can be good. I think talking to people is good. And, you know, um, uh, I think singing songs, uh, about, uh, the trials and the joys of life, uh, is, is something that, um, is beneficial to me and hopefully uh, can help other people as well. You know, I, I've had people that really have latched on to certain songs and 
connected with whatever it was that I was saying about, you know, about myself and, and the beauty of it is them taking it and applying it to what they're going through and making a connection that is like, yeah, I've had some really cool people reach out and just tell me what, what things have meant to them. And it's, it's just, uh, it, it makes it all, uh, just a, a beautiful experience. And yeah, I would say like, it's, it's, it's not hard to tap into that stuff. Cause it's always, it's always right there, you know? It's always right there, but easy to tap into. Sometimes it might be a question of whether you are ready emotionally to tap into it or, or to, or to write about what you're tapping into. Do you find that ever being a challenge? Yeah. I mean, I, <sighs> I don't know if it's, it's, it's just something that happens in the right time. Like if I, if I have a song that, that shows itself to me, then it's happening when I can write it. You know, um, there are things that I wrote down, you know, uh, like there's one line in, in one of the songs, uh, that I've had for quite a while. Um, and the emotion of that line, maybe it wasn't, yeah, maybe I tried to write it too soon because I carried it around for, you know, almost 10 years, that, that one single line. Uh, so maybe it took that long for it to like find its way into something that made sense or something I was able to express. But uh, generally things seem to happen when they, when they need to happen. Yeah. Where is the evolution for you on this new album? <clears throat> Uh, the evolution, the big, the biggest step for me was reaching out to Phil Eck and, um, and trusting him. <clears throat> I mean, he's easy to trust. He's a, he, he's, uh, such a legend and, and has produced some of the, you know, some of the, my favorite records over the years, uh, but the the leap and the evolution was like, yeah, I'm going to reach out to him. We're going to work together and I'm going to trust. I'm going to hand this material to him in a way that, you know, the whole time before we even started working on the record, I was, I'd sent him all the demos and, and the lyrics and everything. And I said, you know, tell me what, tell me what you want, need me to do. If you think something can be better then I'm willing to like work on it. If, if I need to like work on my lyrics, like, you know, uh, just be totally honest and, and let me know if something's not up to par. Cause I don't want to show up, you know, fly all the way out to Seattle and book a studio and have something that, that we're not all happy working on, you know? Um, so it was a, it was a big leap for me to, to trust somebody like that. I've, you know, I've worked with people in the past and the friend, mostly friends that were like in the studio and kind of helping produce, but like it never, I never really like gave up control like that in a, in a way that, um, that I did with Phil and it, it, it really paid off. He didn't really like come back and say, Oh, you got to like rewrite these lyrics or anything. He was pretty, generally pretty pleased with what I presented, but um, just the, the idea that, that if there was something that he 
wanted me to do that we're both on board to like make it better, make it as good as possible. You know, I think he was really trying to make, make a really great record for me. And and I was really trying to work hard to make sure that what we came up with, he was going to be proud of. So yeah, that was the, that was the evolution on this record. Is that letting go and someone else not control the process, but push the process. Is that, you know, when did you decide that that's the route that you wanted to go to? Well, I think I think seeing like the potential of working with somebody like that and knowing that in order for it to be as good as it possibly could be that yeah, you have to like take on a partner, you know, you have to kind of like cuz he knows, I mean, you know, he <laughs> he's good at what he does. He and he uh he knows what he's doing and uh and if I was to go in there and resist like his notes or his edit ideas or, you know, like tempo changes or like, I don't, you know, maybe this part should be shorter, those kind of things. If I resisted, then I'm just, I might as well just record my record at home without a producer. You know, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a team effort. I think and, and it, and it made the whole thing better to do that. What's uh, what comes after this album? I mean, you got it. It's coming out on the ninth. What uh, what are your plans for touring and, and playing this for your fans? Um, I have a real solid start uh, booked. A um, couple, you know, like a couple of decent runs. I'll be kind of all over the country um, playing shows shortly after the record comes out. Um, and then when that winds down, I'll be, you know, I, we're, we're really just kind of like shaping up what's going to happen in the summer, but I, I'm, I'm really going to be doing my best to like come out to radio stations, get out and play for people at shows, you know, get some festivals going and, and a couple trips over to Europe, uh, to play for those folks over there. And yeah, that's really, that's really it. That's, that's the, that's what the near future looks like is a lot of, uh, a lot of traveling and, and playing and uh, meeting people and, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> well, it's, it's a beautiful album. I will say that. And yeah, I, um, I really enjoyed listening to it. Um, and I, you know, can't wait for its release for you, um, and for your fans because, I think it it really you have something here, and I think it really is um, a new avenue for you that uh, I think you should be really proud of. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I I feel proud. I really do. I feel proud of it, and and it's good to hear that you connected with it. And uh, yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping it gets heard by you know a lot of people, and uh, I can keep doing this. You know, that's kind of the goal. Really, it's just like creating a situation where I can go out and play for people and, you know, continue that cycle on and on until I can't do it anymore. You know, I can just come home and write more music and get back out and play more shows. The new album is new lost ages out February 9th. And, uh, just an awesome record. So please go get it. All Tyler's notes 
or links will be in the show notes. So as you're listening, when you're done, click on those. It'll bring you to his social media pages, his website. You can, you know, find out more about the album there. Uh, Tyler, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Jay Scott. This has been another episode of The Hook Rocks, the Ultimate Rock Media Podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. Stay safe. Take care of each other. And we will talk soon. Thank you. You'd better get yourself familiar with suffering. Because we're living in a world that we can't understand. I tried all kinds of magical thinking I try to keep the devil away But our time is at hand We've written every single line of all the empty pages It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.